Hi, I'm Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and this is Girlboss Radio, the show for and about ambitious women exploring the wins, losses, and insights learned on the winding road to success. I can't wait to get to today's conversation with the one and only Lauren Evers Bostick. And I say that because I had so much fun chatting with her on her podcast called The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her. We talked about my early days at Nasty Gal, why I'm grateful for having gone through the hard times that I did, because hey, it got me here. So be sure to check out our episode on The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her. It comes out this week. But in case you don't know Lauren's story yet, here's what you need to know. Lauren is the founder of one of the most popular blogs around The Skinny Confidential. She's also the author of The Skinny Confidential Lifestyle Guide, and she also launched Body Guide, a monthly subscription service that includes new workouts and meal plans. Over the last decade, Lauren has created a massive brand that's garnered millions of followers. She's a content creator who understands the power of building a loyal community and treating her followers with respect, especially when it comes to deciding what brand partners to work with. Here's how she described it during our chat. I definitely think as an influencer in this day and age, you have to be able to build your own brand. And right now where I'm at, it's like I've done the partnerships and it's great, but I'm, I'm not going to just continue to focus on building everyone else's brand. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that some people get caught up in saying yes to everything. And all of a sudden you look at their feed and it's like, add, 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 add. And you're pushing away the audience that you've worked so hard to, to get. So I think you have to be very careful and strategic when it comes to working with brands. Stay tuned for my chat with Lauren. We talk about how she stays so motivated, how she organizes her day, and why she's a fan of scraping your tongue. Lauren. Hi. Thank you for coming on Girl Bus Radio today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to finally meet you. I know. I've followed you for so long. And we just did an episode of The Skinny Confidential Him and Her. Yes. Your podcast. It's a good one. It's a good one. We got all the juice. It was a good one. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I want to start at the beginning, which I do with everybody who comes on Girl Boss Radio. And that is, what was your first job? Like early, like crap job, not like, oh, my first job out of college. Don't don't give us any gloss. Yeah, no, I've always worked ever since I was 14 years old. I grew up in a very affluential community and my family was not poor by any means, but not at the same level. So I felt like I always had to sort of go out and make my own money from a very young age. So uh, 14 hostess, you know, then turned into cocktail server, then turned into bartender. Um, And what I realized, like, looking back at that is it's so funny because a bartender is actually kind of entrepreneurial in a way because you're kind of you're 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 in charge of your space. Right. Like you have your own flow going and you don't really have someone micromanaging you. I I can't stand to be micromanaged. And I realized when I was bartending and attending San Diego State and teaching Pure Bar and Pilates that I hated being micromanaged. And that's where I came to this epiphany where it's like, okay, I need to be an entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, my first job was a hostess. So nothing too crazy. What did, is there anything that you learned or took from that experience or those early jobs that you think has you know helped you today? Absolutely. I think like the theme of my entire childhood was figure it out, find a way, be resourceful. I hope that you know as a soon-to-be mother, I can teach 
that resourcefulness I think is the most underrated thing and so if I wanted anything in any capacity I found a way and my parents very much were two people that were like oh that's cute you want that but how are you going to go make that happen and so I've always found strategic creative angles and ways to make things happen even when I've been told no um, so, you know, I would say if you're, if you're listening and you're, you're making all these excuses of why things aren't happening, it's like, figure it out. I agree. Everything is figure outable. It's Mar- yes. Marie For- Forley. She's is, so great. She's great. She yeah. was, has she been on your podcast? She has, but not yeah. with her new book. I want, I really want to have her on after I saw that title. I'm sure she'll come on. Ugh. And you worked really hard through college. So you had more than one job in college. Is that true? Yeah, so in college, I was bartending from 3 p.m. to 12 at night, six days a week, coming home, returning emails for the blog, waking up, going to school, teaching peer bar and Pilates. I was doing 19 units, and then I would spend an hour taking photos, not of myself either, and we can kind of get into that. I wasn't a fashion blogger. It was more taking photos of um, food or health tips or tangible takeaways that my audience could actually apply to their own life that brought them value. And then I would write for an hour, and then I would go to work, and I was the worst fucking employee in the world. Always late, posting social media in the bathroom, like drinking wine in the back, just not a good employee. And I think that's important to note because it's like you don't have to have strengths in every single area to be an entrepreneur. Um, That was not a strength of mine is being an employee. Um, So it, it was definitely a hustle. But looking back, I think the number one thing that really worked for me is that now when I get approached by bloggers or influencers, they say, how do you make money? And when I first started, my intention was not how to monetize right away. And it seems like you sort of had the same thing. You sort of fell into it. And then you just provide these these valuable posts with all this stuff that people can apply to their own life over and over and over and over again with the intention of giving that value. And the money ends up coming. I didn't make one dime for three years and I blogged seven days a week. So it was definitely something that did not happen overnight. I mean, I've had the Skinny Confidential for 10 years. It's been a slow build. There's been absolutely no epiphany. And I think that's an example of what Gary Vee, he had a book called Jab, Jab, Right Hook, which is give away, give away your content, like build that conversation with your audience. And then, then you can ask for something, like give them so totally. much value first. He is such an inspiration. Like uh, he's been such an inspiration this whole journey. He, I read Crush It when I was 21 years old, his first book and um, applied a lot of his practices to what I was doing. And then he ended up writing Crushed It, and he asked me to be in the book. And that was like such a 360 moment for me because I really did apply all his tactics. Um, He's obviously like insane. I mean, I I have so much respect for his hustle. I'm not saying I'm anywhere near that, but I definitely applied the like, put your head down and work and the money will come and provide the value. And, um, you know, I think the strategy has worked so far with my audience and my community. He's actually one of our investors. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. I know, I'm so lucky. What? I need to bug him more. I need to like. Wait, you need to have him like do a series with you on the podcast. I have never had a guy on the podcast. He can be your first guy. The most hardcore guy in the world. Yeah. Maybe. That's so cool. He's one of your investors. I know. It's great. To pick his brain, man. I know. I need to pick it more, but not 
just offering him a coffee. Not just offering right? him a coffee. So tell me about this. You had this conversation on your podcast recently about asking for things. And a lot of people say, you know, just reach out and say, I'd love to pick your brain and buy you a coffee. So what do you think the approach should be when you ask someone for something? For I don't think you should waste someone's time. And I think I think you have to be able to provide something of value. So an example of that would be is is the girl that edits my blog and looked just to make sure all the grammar is right and the commas are in the right place. She reached out and she said, hey, Lauren, I just read this. And this is before she worked with me. Hey, Lauren, I just read three blog posts. Here are all the mistakes in them. And here's how I can be of service. And I hired her. She's been working for me for four years. She she gave the value first. Hopefully, she's learned stuff working with me. I've learned stuff working from, with her. But the point is, it's to go pick your brain for a coffee. It's it, there's got to be more. You got to get more creative. You got to find strategic angles. Yeah, and you've become a thought leader. You've become an entrepreneur. But in the beginning, it was you didn't intend for it to be a business, or never, maybe never thought anyone would be approaching you to pick your brain. What was what was the you know genesis of the skinny confidential when did you get the idea what was it in the early days you know what it was was that i went to san diego state and the the thing with san diego state is sororities and to be completely blunt i was too busy to be in a sorority because i was working all the time and so when i did what i was supposed to do and what society told me to do which was join the sorority at san diego state and two minutes in they tell me you know it's 800 dollars a semester to have friends <laughs> and you, you need all this time and i didn't have the time and i didn't have the money and so i thought wait a minute i'm stop i'm not i'm gonna step out of the sorority like literally after two minutes i did it and I'm going to create my own online sorority community that's free for like-minded women all over the world. And I want to know what's in the girl in Korea's, you know, vanity. And I also want to know what the girl in Australia is using for lip balm. And I want to bring it all together in one place. And it, it, the skinny confidential actually means get the skinny. So that's kind of how the brand started. Um, it took me a year to launch. I was very meticulous. I, I did know I was launching a brand. I was very strategic about that. I knew that it would one day become a business and that I would have all these different um, entities off of it. So like a book, a product line, I was very um, clear on that. So the vision, what I did is I took a poster board and I actually drew out what the vision was. And I say that this is called an ex ex execution board, not a vision board. So a vision board is where you go cut out People Magazine and Us Weekly and Vogue and you write everyone else's quotes and, and everyone else's Instagram stuff and blah, blah, blah. An execution board's actually building a strategic future in front of your face. So I built the blog in front of me. I built the logo. I built how I wanted people to feel, the textures. I went to Home Depot and got paint swabs and like built this in front of me. So I was walking by it every single day for six weeks. And that way, when I found a web developer, I said, can I pay you 50 bucks? a month for a year to create this for me. He agreed. Again, like that's the theme of figuring it out. I had no money. And he ended up creating it. And what it, the execution board was probably like the foundation. And I would say if you're confused on where to start, try to do an execution board, not a vision board. Because goals are awesome, but what are the systems that you're taking to get to the goals? This, the micro of that is really, really important. So you didn't make any money on the Skinny Confidential for the first three years. How how did you survive that? How did you see the vision of okay, like it's some this is this is a brand. I'm gonna make this work. How did you stay inspired and motivated? I just 
I there's something in me that just knew if I continued to provide the value with a strong brand with engaging the community, it's like a trifecta. It's, I really thought about the community I was engaging. I tried to entertain. I tried to inspire all at once and did that day after day and put in the consistency. I knew that the money would be a byproduct of that. Um, and, and to be honest, the money is not the main thing that got me off. It was the community. Because like I said, I couldn't, I didn't do the community in college. I wasn't in the sorority, um, you know, and it's expensive and it's time. And so to have that online um, and really cultivate that and make sure that I was really tapping into my audience. And, you know, this is something that I still do. I, I used to take two hours in the morning and two hours at night for the first like five years engaging and going back and forth in DMs. Um, Snapchat messages on Facebook. And now to this day, I, I really try to maintain that intimacy. I, I spend half an hour in the morning and a half an hour at night just engaging with the community. I think a lot of influencers and bloggers hit this thing where they get a certain amount of followers and there's like a gap between them. And for me, it's like the reason I have this platform is because of the community. And it's also, you know, my blog isn't just, you know, fashion pictures of me in the street. It's more, it is more about what Susie in Minnesota is doing for your her under eye bags and what someone, like I said, in Korea is doing for their skincare. It's like about bringing it all together. So I think maintaining the intimacy with the audience is really important, which is why the podcast has been so valuable because you're, you're in someone's ear and able to answer those questions quickly. So many of our guests on Girlboss Radio travel the globe for business, and maybe you do too. It's just how we operate and work in today's world. But doing so means we have to stay connected. And that's why I want to tell you about T-Mobile for Business. You can rely on them for 24-7 expert support, data, and texting in over 200 countries and destinations, and so much more. To learn more about how T-Mobile for Business can power your connectivity, go to tmobile.com slash business. That's t-mobile.com slash business. Three years in, you start making money. Did you go out to brands? Was it brand partnerships? Did they come to you? What did that look like in the beginning? Three years in, I was approached by a, a book publisher. And I started to write a book. And it was basically the Skinny Confidential Lifestyle Guide, kind of everything in one. And after the book came out, I started to get approached by brands. And I found management. I feel like, again, I know my strengths and my strengths are not contracts and numbers. It's just not my thing. Um, at this point, I was dating my husband and I really tried to keep him out of it. He was good for, you know, stuff behind the scenes and giving me advice. But as far as my business side, I wanted to get management. So I reached out to Digital Brand Architects. They've been amazing, DBA. And they've helped work with certain brands, but the brands are brands that I've had to have used for at least a month. I have to use it for at least a month and I have to have my team use it. And I have to, I have to, you know, have a niche on why I like it. So for instance, if I'm telling you about this oil, like I can't just say, oh, it's hydrating. No, for me, I has, it has to be like, okay, you can apply it to your stretch marks on your ass or you can rub it on your tits at night and, you know, it makes your nipples feel super... Which, <laughs> like, o which oil does that? <laughs> There's this oil called belly oil that I'm like obsessed with right now. It's for pregnant people, but you can use it just normally too. But it has to have like, there has to be like an edge to the product of why I'm recommending it. Because my 
thought process is not A to B. I don't just think, oh, I'm selling product to the consumer and she's going to love it. I think, okay, I'm selling the product to this consumer because she's going to love it. And then she's going to go tell 10 of her friends at happy hour. And five of those friends are going to become obsessed with it. And it's not going to be one of those products that just collects dust and cobwebs in her drawer. She's actually going to use it. So I really try to think long game in everything I do. And while that's been hard, because I've seen a lot of people go viral or rise to the top really quickly or get, you know, 100,000 Instagram followers overnight, it's I think that it's served me because it's like the slow strategic growth and tiny habits every day that make over, you know, a long term success. What's the what's an example of a kind of partnership that you've turned away? Oh, so many, so many. And, and a lot for a lot of money, like there's a really popular celebrity that has a protein powder. And I was approached for a very big deal and one that makes me sick to my stomach <laughs> to say that I that I turned away. But there was all this soy in it. There was all these weird ingredients that I wouldn't want to drink. And I did make the mistake once of recommending a product that I didn't believe in. And immediately my audience called me out because I do have that one-on-one -on -one connection with them. And I think that they just immediately smelled it. So for my brand, it it, it doesn't work. Um, we probably turn away 90% of the stuff that comes our way. Um, you know, there's not like fit tummy tea or, uh, you know, gummies for, it has to be, <laughs> it has to be like something that I am going to keep using over and over and over again. And uh, like, I'll give you an example of a brand that's really worked. It's ritual vitamin like that. I take that vitamin every day. I love it. I have nothing but great things to say. I believe in it. Um, so for me to talk about it, it fits in with the story. And I know my audience will all use it and love it. So I feel confident promoting it. But I just like to sh shout out the brand side, too. I think it's important to say that while I do partner with brands, it's if it was a cupcake, it's like the frosting. It's not the whole cupcake. I definitely think as an influencer in this day and age, you have to be able to build your own brand. And right now where I'm at, it's like I've done the partnerships and it's great, but I'm I'm not going to just continue to focus on building everyone else's brand. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that some people get caught up in saying yes to everything. And all of a sudden you look at their feed and it's like add, 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 add. And it, you're pushing away the audience that you've worked so hard to to get. So I think you have to be very careful and strategic when it comes to working with brands. And you don't have to share this, but for those listening who would love to build a personal brand, would love to build something like the Skinny Confidential, what's the lar how much, not who, how much was the largest partnership you've ever done? Are you comfortable sharing that? The largest partnership? Uh, probably um, six figures. It's six figures, and but it's it wasn't like a one-time thing. It was something that was uh, over time. Um, but it's it's a brand that I keep talking about that I was talking about before they approached me. So a little tip for influencers is a lot of influencers won't talk about product on their Instagram or Instagram story that they're not being paid to use, which I think is a horrible mistake. If you are using a product and you believe in it, you should talk about it. You, you like just talk about what you like. And what ends up happening is an organic situation and that's the best kind. And yeah. that's the ones that translate and convert and that's where it's a win-win-win and I say it's, you know, a win for the brand, it's a win for me and it's a win for the audience. It's the most successful kind. So you're really busy. 
Really busy. Yeah. And you have a lot of hacks for productivity and efficiency in your day, rituals. Can you tell us a little bit about like what that looks like, maybe just in the mornings, for example? Yeah. I, I think my life is very optimized, but I've been really meticulous at how I've done that. It's like there, I'm not perfect at it. I just am constantly looking to people like Tim Ferriss or Rich Roll or, you know, Ryan Holiday, Gary Vee, Rachel Hollis, all these people that are have things streamlined. So everything is streamlined. So for instance, I'll just give you like little examples. The first thing I do when I wake up is scrape my tongue. And the reason I do that is because we've interviewed tons of wellness experts and they say how important it is to scrape your tongue every morning. So that's something that's the tongue scraper is next to my ritual vitamins, which is next to the, you know, the cinnamon toothpaste I use, which is next to the electric toothbrush. So it's like done, done, done. And then after I scrape my tongue, I like, (laughs) I know that sounds weird, but it's, it's like you, they say that you don't want to swallow all the bacteria on your tongue when you drink water in the morning, which makes tons of sense. It's an Ayurvedic thing. Anyway, so uh, that's the number one thing I do. Then I I turn on essential oils. I'm very much about a very calm morning because my life is so chaotic and it's go, 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 go. And you know, there's slacks, there's emails, there's DMs, there's Instagram, there's stories, there's management. Help. Help. And so I need a very calm morning. You know, the chaos I embrace. I had a pretty chaotic teenage years. Um, My mom committed suicide when I was 18, and my sister became so addicted to drugs for, like, six years. So there was a lot of chaos from, like, probably from, like, 15 to, like, 21. So for me to have control over the first two hours of my morning is really important to me. So essential oils are on, candles are on. I have, like, this obsession with bossa nova jazz music. Yes. This is just... We've been playing jazz. I go home and tell my Google Home pod thing play miles davis and it just feels like we're in a restaurant i'm like this food tastes so much better yes it lowers your cortisol i just want lowering my cortisol as i chug coffee i know i'm so inspired slurp me too uh yeah and i just you know try to i have like my coffee routine i do i have my water with lemon i try to practice stoicism when i can that's probably my meditation and i'm i do not touch my phone that's a tip for how long I do not touch my phone unless it's to put on a podcast for an hour and a half because I feel like if I do, I'm reacting to everyone else's to-do list. I'm not being proactive on my own list. And if I open my text messages in the morning, it's like cortisol. It's like, I'm popular. Yeah, it's Just too much. kidding. No, it's not. No. It's not like a good popular. What it. time do you wake up? Seven. What time do you go to sleep? Well, now that I'm pregnant, I go to sleep at like 9.30 or 10, which is disgusting because before I was pregnant, probably 12. When are you due? January. How are you feeling about it? Fine. It's been easy. Fine. (laughs) When I say it's been easy, I don't mean like, I mean, for, for me, I haven't had morning sickness or any of these things. It's really hard to gain a lot of weight at once. Like, I don't know why that's not talked about a lot. It's really a mind fuck to, you know, to all of a sudden have all this weight on you. Um, especially when you're on social media every day, that's a, that's a mind fuck in itself, right? And then you add immediate weight gain, and you're bloated, and your tits are bloated, and your body's changing, and it's it's a lot. Um, and also, no one talks about not drinking wine. Not drinking wine is hard. I miss wine. But other than that, I mean, you know, it's been it's been good. You been wear smoothing. it well. Oh, you look great. 
feel like bloated. Okay. Everything well, feels puffy. I think we all notice when things change in our bodies and then everyone else just keeps going about their day mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, yep, hi. I know. You look the same. It's like I'm being a narcissist even saying that. No, just, not just at all. Puffy. No, I think it's challenging for every woman getting pregnant and not having control. Yes. Right? Yes, it's weird. And it sounds like, I don't want to call it control, but it sounds like you had to hold a lot of people early in your life. You had to hold it together. There was a lot of chaos. Do you? And, and then you started dating your husband at 23. Yes. Do you feel like you have someone who holds you now? What has it been like to transition to like a supportive relationship now for 10 years where you have the kind of support that you maybe didn't have earlier in your life? Yeah, he is very, very, very level and he's even keeled and what you see is what you get. And I didn't I didn't have that. So to have someone that's so consistent has been really, really good for me. Um, I try to sabotage it, though, all the time. Like I will throw chaotic things in all the time just to see what I can get away with because you're used to it. Yes. And I've had to like do therapy and realize that that I'm trying to sabotage this because I'm not used to someone so consistent. Um, I've I realized he's like my uh, he's like my manager, like not a manager, like a a brand emotionally. Yeah. He's just like he manages things really well and he's very logical. And that's been very helpful. We didn't work together for seven years at the Skinny Confidential. And in the last three we have. And that's been very interesting. It's been um, it's been hard and challenging. And he doesn't know when to shut it off. He's like one of those people that's going all the time and wants to talk about, you know, finances at 630 in the morning when I literally just opened my eyes. So that's been challenging. But we're sort of learning how to do the dance. It's You know what it all is? It's all practice. It's all practice. Just repeating things over and over and over again you guys have a podcast together we have a podcast together called the skinny confidential him and her yes but you have also started a business together a podcasting business called dear media um can you tell me a little bit about what your podcast you have 55 million downloads today what who's the podcast for what's it what's it about what did we just do because i just came on your podcast the podcast is for mainly millennial women who want to be the best version of themselves. So I feel like years ago, we lived in a day and age where we would bring in a picture of Angelina Jolie and say, I want to look like her. I want to be like her. Now I think what's what's hip and in and on the pulse is just being the best version of your of yourself and optimizing that in every area. So um, the woman that's listening is trying to just be better in general, like like I am and like Michael is. And I, I picture her listening when she's in the bathroom getting ready and her boyfriend or husband is in the background pretending not to listen, but maybe he is, which is like that's Michael's energy maybe. Um, but it is mainly women, and um, it's just turned into this incredible community. Everyone is really non-judgmental while also being unapologetically themselves. I, I feel like the community is I have and have cultivated, and um, we have like this secret Facebook group with fifty thousand women in it, and it's like not, it has nothing to do with me. It's just them, you know, creating relationships and meeting up in other countries, and to see that and to watch that and to see how non-judgmental they are is like what really gets me off that's like the whole reason I created it it's um it's it's cool to see people be so open-minded can we create a group for you on the girl boss community yeah what do you mean so we have this ecosystem of groups we have 61 groups as of today yeah let's do it so it's basically an ecosystem of Facebook groups but like better where you can search for other women 
that are in different groups. You can browse groups. You can join multiple groups. And so you have the Girl Boss Foundation page. Like, like not when I say, I mean, like the main page. The main page, as of two about two months ago, is a professional network. Okay, for women. Not that I'm trying to plug it on this podcast. No, but plug it. A week ago, which is why you shouldn't know yet, we launched groups. We launched uh, an ecosystem of groups. So Los Angeles girl bosses, girl bosses in marketing, Atlanta lawyers, the Phoenix group, um, a book club. And these groups have, you know, 2,000 members in the course of a and week on already. on Facebook? No. Girlboss.com. I love it. Yeah. So anyway, we should talk about that. I don't know how... Can we can we migrate Facebook? Can we? I don't know, but I would love to have you know, yeah. for you to have a presence. I mean, I think that there's so many girl bosses that are in the skinny confidential that probably already follow everything you're doing. So definitely, we should do some kind of group. I think like a subgroup would be amazing. Quick question: Have you ever felt like the most ambitious person in your circle of friends? Because Sometimes the people we grew up with or even go to college with end up in really different places in their careers. And finding people like us, finding women like us, can be challenging. Networking is really challenging, especially if you're just coming up in your career. Executives have years and years of networking, but there's no place for us to congregate actually beyond the Girl Boss Rally. So that feeling, the spirit of the Girl Boss Rally is something that we've brought online. Girl Boss has built a free online platform and community for women just like you. It's a professional social network where you can ask and answer questions that are relevant to you, search for other women in your community or by industry, message them directly, and we have weekly programming in the form of fireside chats, which are really our AMAs or Ask Me Anythings. You can sign up by going to girlboss.com and get ready for a different kind of networking experience where women support women. I'll see you there. So entrepreneurship is hard and we all make mistakes and we all have victories. So just in a few sentences, what would you say your biggest career victory is to date and your biggest like mistake? My biggest victory is not going to be some huge epiphany. Like I said, it's not one big thing that's happened to me. It's the slow, tiny steps that have made it's Have you ever seen that uh, little meme where the guy's like um, digging for success with the, um, his pick? And he's like picking and he gets right to the end and there's the diamond behind the other side of the wall and he stops picking and walks away. I think that mine has just been slowly picking. And I think if I can inspire anyone that's listening to keep picking and be consistent, it's the people. And I think we talked about this earlier that give up. They stop. They launch a podcast and they do 50 episodes and then they think, I've done 50 episodes, so I don't need to do it once a week. Or I've, I've done, you know, two seasons, so I'm just going to stop. It's like you keep going. Um, that's probably the victory for me. It's like I keep going even though there's been hurdles. The biggest the biggest failure you said, I have I'm not really good at managing numbers. I'm really bad at that, like horrible. Um, I think I get so wrapped up in the creative that I'm I get starry eyed. Um, and I'm also a horrible boss. It's something I think I need to work on so bad, like so much. I like I said, I started it as a solopreneur and turned into an entrepreneur and to manage a team when I'm so used to being siloed and doing what I want and not delegating and doing it how I want to do it was like just a really, really gnarly thing for me. So 
managing personalities. Challenging for everybody. I've had to read a lot of Peter Drucker. I've had to listen to a lot of podcasts. And um, it's something that I'm still learning how to do. And uh, again, you don't you can't have all the strengths, you know. I definitely am weak in that area. And you have to identify where you're weak, hopefully as early as possible, so you can start to fill those holes either with other people or educating yourself. Um, so there's a few questions I ask everybody that comes on Girl Boss Radio, and one of these is around the concept of success, because success to a lot of people is making a bunch of money, being on the cover of a magazine, being featured in Shape Magazine, and so many, you know, building a huge audience as you have, which is which can be success, which can be a part of uh, what success means to you, but it can mean so many things and it can change. So what is what does success mean to you right now? Success means to me waking up and doing things how I want to do it on my own terms every day. So essentially creating my own future and not and, and just brings the conversation 360, which is not being micromanaged. Um, which is is creating my own path. And I think with social media, and you're such a good example of this, is you have control to design the way you want your life to look if you can figure it out. And then last question-ish. We have this thing called Girl Boss Moments, which is a time in your most recent history where you were just really proud of something. It could be small. It could be big. It doesn't have to be an accomplishment. It could be like, I bought a plant. What was your most recent girl boss moment? I'm most proud of the relationship that I have worked on with my husband. I think that it would have been easy a lot of times to just be like, fuck this. This is, you know, split ways. But we're so committed to the same vision and goal that it's something that we really work at. Um, being in a relationship is like a business. It's not easy. There's there's fires every single day and you have to, um, if you are committed to the same goal and, and you know you want to stay on the same page, you have to work at it. So um, through working with him, building businesses with him and um, laying next to him every night and having sex with him, you know, it's a lot to manage, but it's, I think it's worth it. Lauren, last question. And thank you for coming on Girl Boss Radio. How can we find you? at The Skinny Confidential and then theskinnyconfidential.com and we're on the podcast app too. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That's our show for today. A big thank you to Lauren for coming on the podcast and sharing her incredible story with us. I know this episode of Girl Boss Radio is over, but if you're looking for more to put in your ears, I hope you take a minute to check out Mentor Memos, our latest podcast co-developed with Tresemme. As always, remember to follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Join girlboss.com, create your profile, and back to podcasts, leave us a rating, a review, do all the things because it really helps new listeners find us. All right, guys, that's it for now. Talk to you soon.